Hello and welcome back to The Latecomers. I'm Amity. I'm Lemuel. And we have just watched a movie that I thought was going to be upbeat because I hadn't seen it in a while. And it turns out that love going. Uh, Slumdog Millionaire this week, guys. Uh, before we get into the movie, how was your week? My week was uh, very busy and very interesting, but mostly very busy. Mostly busy. We have been lacking a little on going out and seeing movies and whatnot. We've just been working right. and podcasting. That's what we're doing. Woo-hoo. Of course, you have a trip coming up, though. I do. I am leaving town tomorrow, which, when this drops, will be three weeks ago. <laughs> Look at me getting my baskets in a row ahead of Ducks time. in a row. Ducks. Baskets. Eggs in a basket. Yeah, something like oh, that. Oh, I don't know. So much farmland. <laughs> Uh, so many choices. I, and I don't live on a farm, so I don't have ducks or eggs. Got cats. Yes. They don't line up nicely, though. So, Although Ziggy is sitting here on the table next to me, so far, behaving herself. So we'll see how she, she does through the episode. It's like having a baby. You never know when they're going to make a noise. You may have to kick them out. Well, that's not how it works. That's how it works with babies, yes. <laughs> Yeah, let's get into this movie. So I remember the way that I feel at the end of this movie. We should put this in context. We were trying to decide which film to watch. Yes. And so I we're said, doing three more films. Right. And we had just gotten out of some real heavy stuff that was in the 70s. And we're going to go back to the 70s for the end of the Or the very the late season. 60s, too, right? And I was like, oh, let's watch one more thing that's a little bit uplifting, you uh-huh. know, like Clueless and Pretty in Pink. So I was like, I love Slumdog Millionaire so much. This movie is so harsh. Right, but what the decision was to go with Deliverance or Slumdog. And so Amity thought it would be better or more uplifting to go with Slumdog. Yes. So instead of seeing a grown man rape, there's a child rape. <laughs> and Yeah, I did a bad. <laughs> mercifully, it's off screen, it's unlike off-screen. the scene in yeah. Deliverance. So this movie ends on a high. Mm-hmm. It is rough going through it, which is why, you know, why it wins Best Picture, of right. course. And it shouldn't, Danny Boyle doesn't make happy films, so I should know better. But uh, 28 th- weeks later, like, or 28 days later, was a happy film. As a happy ending, which was surprising given who directed it. Does it really have a happy ending when it's got a sequel? Well, the sequel wasn't happy, but those right. three people from the first film survived. Mm. For a minute. Spoiler. <laughs> survived. So we're going to go through this movie um, sort of in a different way than we normally do. So we start. We'll we'll start with the framing narrative, and then we're gonna. I'm gonna do my best game show uh, host impersonation. Will you do the dance that he did? Oh, I don't think I can do. Okay, the but maybe. Well, you know, they don't know. They don't know. You could be. Doing I'm doing this. it right now. There we go. Yes, you are. Actually, she is. <laughs> you wanted a, a full Bollywood dance. Right. We're bummed at the end when it didn't I, happen, you, and then end credits. You got your wish. Right. I just wanted to watch Dev Patel and Frida Pinto. I love them so much. They're so pretty. So, this movie opens with a man being tortured by police officers. Yes. So that's 
Welcome to the movie. It might not be the 70s, but it is bleak. Right. Come on in. And it's Jamal Malik. Yes. And he's a contestant on the Indian version of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? And he's one question away from the grand prize. Which is 20 million rupees. Or 310,000 American dollars, which you say the value has dropped since last well, night. It it was, at about the time the movie was made, it was about $450,000. Okay. When we watched it three days ago, it was $301,000. It is now 298000 and change. So the rupee is not doing well currently in the global market. I don't know what any of that actually means. But they're not playing for millions of dollars. They are playing for hundreds of thousands of dollars. Which I'm imagining in... in, uh, in um well, in India, India is, the cost of living is significantly different. Right. Um, so, yes, correct. Okay. Um, so he is being accused of cheating because he's an 18-year-old uh, chaiwala, right? So right. that's a tea server, an assistant. Basically, his job is to bring... I was like, how could his whole job be to bring tea to the people in this company? And then I saw how many people worked in this call center, and I was like... Oh, yeah, by the time you've delivered tea to everyone, you have to start so over does this mean again. at some point in our lives you were both book wallets? Yes, kind of. Mm -hmm. They think that he must be cheating. He must have something under his skin or he must be... No, a, under your skin, explain. I don't know. It was I a, don't understand. Like a, ta like a thing that buzzed? I don't have any idea what that meant. Right. It meant like some sort of electronic device. Right. Yeah. Okay. But they couldn't find anything. Uh, no coughing accomplice in the crowd, right. a phone that was snuck to him. He had no earpiece. So they're torturing him. And by torturing him, I mean they are literally torturing, torturing him. him yes. They have beat him. They hang him um, by his arms, like by his wrists. They electrocute him. Yeah, they electrocute him. They. Um, this is after I think And they... then that knocks him out. And right. then the police officer is like, oh, well, you've gone too far, dum dum. And I'm like, well, you. Yes, because there's two to. officers. One of whom is torturing, and the other one is trying to get to the truth of it. Although he's not too. Um, just... Through the use of torture. Right. <laughs> like, like he's directing the other one. Then they finally let him down because he hasn't said anything incriminating. And then he's like, well, how did you know the answers? And he's like, I don't know. I just knew. The answers, and then we go into the game show, right. and he looks very scared and nervous. Now the story is told through a series of flashbacks. Yes, it's not told in chronological order, and the flashbacks go as Although, far back because we start with uh, Jamal being eighteen years old. Yeah, and then we flash back to him a few days earlier. Yeah, well, he, where he where he's competing, he's learned right. how to get like I guess the way that you get onto. Uh, millionaire right. in India is you call at a very specific time and if you get through then you get on the show and he works in the call center knows the tech who programs the thing so he knows exactly when to dial to get through and so he has done this at some point we don't see him do it but he has done that at some point yeah so we, we see the, the flashbacks are structured so that they go back all the way to his childhood There's yes three and actors who played Jamal yes um, because we're seeing him both as a very little boy. Yeah, probably seven. Mm -hmm. As a teen. Twelve. And then as an adult. And 18. Oh, 18 is still a teen, but... Yeah, yeah, but adult. Right. Teen. So those are the three versions. Uh, we also have three versions of his brother, Salim, 
and his uh the third musketeer of their group right. Alatika who is a a girl that they meet when they are very small uh but the questions are asked in an order that we we do see the flashbacks sort of in order from all the way back to now basically and so the first question i will ask who was the star of the 1973 hit film Zanjir and we actually don't see the A, B, C, and D for this one. We mm-hmm. only get A, which is the Amitabh Bachchan. Exactly what you said. I, I'm gonna. I, I, I'm gonna try my best with these names, but I am a person who is not fluent in Hindi or any other language of the Indian subcontinent. So I'm doing my best. So we see tiny Jamil or Jamal, and tiny Salim, where Jamal is like shitting. To point out that <laughs> I do not believe that these were actual actors. I believe they were animatronic puppets designed by Margaret Keane. They, yeah, I could see that. They were... With enormous eyes. adorable children. <laughs> and, very, you know, they're Indian children um, who I believe he found there. Mm-hmm. And I'll go over why I think that Right. Sort of later, but and they're yeah, so small boned, big heads. They do look like puppets a little bit. They're very cute. Jamal is engaged in an outhouse. Um, That's a polite way to put it. And Salim apparently is a toll taker outside the outhouse. Uh, it looks like there's a, a set of public toilets or public outhouses. It very rickety ones yeah. that you pay a toll to get to. Yeah, he wants a big one, so he's gonna pay a dollar or right. you know whatever it is. To and so this is how they're they're making Salim. their living. And they have a mom. They have a mom at they, this point, but we don't see her yet. But they're they're far more interested in playing out on air, airport uh, runways. Yeah, they they play soccer on airport runways and they're scamming. Right, what they can. They're hustling. They're hustling. And so when. Uh, so he's in the in the outhouse, yes. In the outhouse and he doesn't he won't vacate it for this person who wants it. And so Salim loses his tip. And so Salim is mad. And they hear this a helicopter. Uproar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that this helicopter is coming and it's got this famous actor in it. And he's gonna be landing near them and they're all they all wanna go see him, right? Maybe get a maybe get an autograph. Now I would like to say if you are like me. Oh. <laughs> and you're going to see this film. He I would recommend. <laughs> yes, I did not. I actually covered my eyes. I sat through Suspiria watching everything. I couldn't. I can't. And yeah. Danny Boyle seems to have a fascination with yes, excrement, sewage, and yeah. excrement. So, he, so Salim. So this is Jamal's favorite actor, and he's mm-hmm. so excited. Right, but. Salim is mad because he had his dollar taken away from him. So he locks. Jamal in the outhouse. And so he hears this ruckus. He can't get out of this thing. He hears the ruckus. He knows this is his one chance to get his autograph. He's got a, a photo of the actor. He wants to get it signed. And so he looks down through the hole in the outhouse and dives in. He sees a way out. Uh, because these are on like piers almost. Mm-hmm. So they're, what's underneath the outhouse itself is all open. So he can get out from there. He just can't get out from the outhouse proper. So he comes out. I will tell you that uh, in some minor research that I did, 
was that was made of peanut butter and chocolate. Both of which I'll never eat again. Yes, okay. well. So he didn't, of course, bathe, douse a child in uh, human filth, but it, it looks real bad. <laughs> he gets his autograph, and he's so excited. Everybody makes way for him because he is coated in shit. <laughs> um, but he keeps his picture clean, and he gets his autograph, and then Salim takes his autograph and sells it. But the autograph was, of course... He sells it to a projectionist, right? Yeah, it looks like it. Yeah, so what we get with the setup from that is that Jamal is a very decent and honest person, <laughs> and Salim is not. Well, we don't know how honest and decent Jamal is. Well, we do know that he's, there's things he's not willing to do, and, there's things, and Salim doesn't have those same reservations. And once he takes any power or influence, he then goes off in his own direction and does some really horrible things. Yeah, but I don't think we get that from this early scene. Mm. Jamal is willing to dive into shit. No, to but get what an I'm autograph. saying is that Salim is also willing to, knowing the sacrifice that his brother made, oh, yeah. sell no, that's that ticket. Absolutely sure. We don't really learn so, anything about Jamal except he's willing to go to extremes right. if he loves something. That's what we learn from him this, this scene. And it's true. Uh, but Salim sells the autograph of this actor, um, and this is so. This is why Jamal knows the answer to this question because it's his favorite actor, and he sacrificed some things and lost some things because of this actor. So, the second question: a picture of the three lion of three lions is seen in the national emblem of India. What is written underneath it? A, the truth alone triumphs. B, lies alone triumph. C, fashion alone triumphs. D, money alone triumphs. Now, this is one of those early who wants to be a millionaire questions where they just give you a bunch of questions, answers that clearly are not the answer. Right, exactly. Jamal does not know the answer to this question. Jamal asked the audience right. the answer to this question. Now, I think that I would love the, the answer to have been fashion alone triumphs. That would be the motto maybe of Milan. Milan, right. No, that's <laughs> but... actually, absolutely. Or Italy generally. Right. So the answer is A, the truth alone triumphs, but he has to ask the audience because he does not know. Uh, and this is a thing that um, the host says, you know, my five-year-old daughter knows this. And he's like, well, I don't. <laughs> that doesn't fall into my knowledge. So then we get question three for 16,000 rupees, which... The host refers to as big money. Uh, I now, is he being that, condescending? I don't know point? because the day that I did the search, that's only two hundred and forty dollars. So I, I don't, I don't know. Like a hundred dollar bill is half that, and they seem to be trading in it later, in those later. So it just seemed crazy for him to say that. But the question in depictions of Gaudrama, he is famously holding what in his right hand? A flower, a sword, a child, or a bow and arrow. And now here's where the sad starts. Well, yes, there's a riot where uh, Hindu extremists uh, attempt to chase all the Muslim families out of the neighborhood. And during this riot, during which people are set on fire, it's very yeah, extreme. Yeah, it is extraordinarily violent. His, they, um, Salim and Jamal are with their mom 
doing laundry at like one of the open mm-hmm. sort of river pits that they have there to do laundry. Right. So there's a bunch of women and kids there doing laundry and they just hear all this commotion coming and it's just this mob of people yelling, they're Muslim, kill them. Mm-hmm. And they do. This is where Jamal sees his mother just brutally murdered in front of his face. Right, she's struck right across the face with a, a club. And here's a part of the film that I'm curious about. And I'm curious about the opinions of the people who actually saw the film or seen the film. The reason why he knows about what Rama is holding in his hand mm-hmm. is that the two boys are running for their lives trying to escape. Through the narrow uh, pathways, through the sort of uh, slum area where they live. And they see what appears to be a little boy mm-hmm. holding a boy, bow and arrow. Somebody their age, to right. like six, seven Dressed as Rama, blue. Right. And they've got he's got a bow and arrow in his hand. Now, he cautions them which way to go, and they're yep. able to escape. And they're able to escape. At this point, they know the little girl... Um, Latika. Latika. And, uh, and Jamal is very eager for her to become the third musketeer. That they, like the musketeers they read about They don't in school. know her yet. They meet her right. that night. But here's the interesting part about that particular scene. There's a great deal of, con- well, not a great deal of controversy, I suppose, for a film this age. What that scene means in terms of what they're, what they're seeing when they see this little boy. Right. So I wasn't sure. I thought that somebody may have dressed up their child like this. Mm-hmm. But you were saying... This is not a custom in India. And that many people take it to be that he actually sees the god Rama. Right. Who rescues Who's him. Who's like... Not in my name. Right. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't want to watch children murdered in my name. Right, it helps them escape. The tenor of the film is such that you can completely see that ending. Absolutely. Because it is, for everything, a very kind of religious movie. Mm-hmm. And we'll discuss the end, because it, it really finalizes that opinion at the end of it, that all the suffering was meant for something. Right. Oh, yeah, because well, I should even say it's because it starts at the beginning. Mm-hmm. The, the opening is something along the lines of a young man from the slums of Mumbai wins 20 million rupee. Why? He cheated. Like, there's four answers, right. and the final answer is it is written, and we come back, and that ends up being, hey, he's not cheating, y'all. <laughs> he came by this knowledge the hard way. Yeah, so so he knows it's a bow and arrow because he's seen this image. Whether it was a, a child dressed up or the actual god, we don't really know. Mm-hmm. I kind of always assumed it was a child, like Even, a child dressed up, but I I didn't know culturally if that was a thing. Right, apparently it isn't um, from what I was able to find out, but mm-hmm. it, um, yeah, it is, uh, it, I think that fits in the tone of the film. It's one of these... I remember there's a William Peter Blady who wrote The Exorcist. Yes. He wrote and I think directed a film called The Ninth Configuration about an astronaut who has a crisis of faith and he's in an asylum. And his conclusion is that a, a very traditional one, which is there must be some sort of plan where all of our suffering means something. And I think that's kind of the message of this film, that mm-hmm. everything that... Jamal suffers actually gives him the answer to a question Mm -hmm. that eventually winds up rewarding him for his Mm -hmm. virtue and his inability to stray from being virtuous. Right. Whether or not that was, in this case, it's he's rewarded by apparently both Allah and Rama. Right. 
Yes, because his family is Muslim. Uh, is Muslim. Mm-hmm. We do see his brother, who ends up as a gangster, praying. Right. Like, prayer blanket, on his knees, and he's still, facing he's Despite still the fact that he's not a moral person, he still himself refuses you know, to yeah, give up. I thought they face West. Depending on where you are. They're in India. Mm-hmm. So they'd be facing towards Mecca, they'd be facing West, right? Yeah, I, yeah. I have a very poor sense of direction. Yeah, me this too. is why I'm always lost. Okay, so the next question is uh, for 250,000 rupee. So it's a big jump. 16 mm-hmm. to 250? Yeah, that's, that's, that's a big jump. The song Darshan do Ganshayam. 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 Was written by which famous Indian poet? A. Surdas. B. Tulsidas. Uh, C. Mirabai or D. Kabir. And so this is where we see them meet Latika. So after the riot, and they've lost their mother, and they can't go back to the slums that they're, they were living in because uh, apparently they're no longer welcome as right. Muslims. So they're in an alleyway staying out of the rain, and Jamal sees Latika out in the rain and wants her to come over. Salim says she's going to get us caught by the police, which make, she's all by herself. Right. I don't know what the thought was there. Like, two is okay, but three is too many. Um, but Jamal can't go to sleep. Like, he's having nightmares of what he just saw. And Salim is pretending to be asleep and sort of ignoring him. So Jamal calls Latika over. She says her name, and he asks about her parents, and she just shakes her head. So we don't know... Yeah. How long she's been on the streets, we don't know anything. Um, and But he, uh, Jamal wants her to be the third musketeer. They know Athos, and they know Porthos, and they can never remember the name no, of the third musketeer. No, this is funny, because this is one of my favorite books, and so the, the whole time in my head I'm screaming at the television, Aramis! You know, they have the book when they go to school, the rare times that they go mm-hmm. to school, but they just never, they never well, pick up that yeah, third piece of Yeah, it seems like they dropped in, you see them drop into a, a class, um, which is really riotously run. I, I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's chaotic. My guess is they're doing the best that they can. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But you see them uh, jump in there after they've just been chased by the police. Yes. Uh, off the uh, runway, the airport yes. runway. So, yeah, education is sort of a catch-as-catch-can. Yes, exactly. So they know two of the three musketeers, but they love the story. Right. And they consider themselves musketeers. And then and that's kind of Latika to be the third. The tone musketeer. of the book, if you've ever read The Three Musketeers, these are, th- these three rogues is the only way to describe mm-hmm. it, who then extend their influence on a younger man who's D'Artagnan. Right. And sort of teach him how to the way of life of being kind right. of a scamp. Right. So it fits in with it that. It fits in with that what story. They're, how but, they're living. Right. Yeah. So they are doing what they can do, hustling, getting the money that they can get, getting the food that they can get, and they get picked up by a guy. It's got to be in summer because it's very hot, and they're sleeping in a tent. And this guy comes and like gives them cokes, and mm-hmm. I was like. Oh, this guy! I don't trust this guy. Well, they're sleeping in a tent and they're uh, they're like foraging in an actual dump. Yeah, it's one of those situations where people are living in dumps, which happens all over the world. Right. And this guy comes and and is scooping kids. He brings a bunch of kids 
Uh, he puts them in a van and brings them back out to the, uh, so away from the city where there's a bunch of other kids that are disabled in various right. ways. Um, you see some of them are hobbled. Some of them are, are born uh, with various ailments, right. some dwarfism and things like that. And then some are disabled in various other ways. The kids, the new kids, are not allowed to talk to them. Right, they're kept separate. And it, it, it almost looks like they're in some part of like a religious summer camp or it something. It does, yeah. And they're getting education right. and they're eating. Right. right. So, but then he wants them to sing this poem to him, this song to him. Um, and uh, Jamal is like, I just have to get the song right and then we're going to be on easy street. And you see uh, the sort of the co-camp owner, like it's Maman is the name of the, the gangster, basically, <laughs> we find out, mm-hmm. the, the man who's running this place. His number two sort of tries to rile them up to see who has spunk. Right. <laughs> um, and Salim gets real mad when you mess with his brother. And so Salim is sort of given this, like leader role, like right. um, almost like I hate to ugh, I hate to make the comparisons, but it's really what it is. So they're sending these kids out to beg, right? And Salim is like the one that like cracks the whip. He's like the one that sort of orders them around. Yeah, and the, the the thing is that he is not loved for this. No. In, po- in point of fact, uh, Ladika plays a really harsh joke on him for what he does involving a chili peppers. Yes. So they go naked. out they go out and uh, Salim takes a baby from one of the other people mm-hmm. or one of the other kids. Right. I shouldn't even say people. These are Children. children tiny, These are tiny under children. ten. These are children. Uh, takes a baby from one and gives it to Latika because, you know, babies make triple the money, and if you keep her crying, you'll get even more. Right. And Latika does not want this baby for whatever reason. She does not want this baby, and Salim is like, like basically, fuck you, take the baby. And so then, yeah, while they're sleeping, Latika cuts up a bunch of hot chilies. And then goes to where Salim is sleeping and rubs it on his junk. Well, it doesn't really rub. She drops it there, she, I guess. Well, I think she might have Cause there, there's a, got a little... There's some things where you're watching the film and going, I'm not sure how comfortable I am watching children during this. There's a lot of child nudity in that part of this Yeah, film. but you don't see his right. front of him. You only see the back of him. Um, they're working their way through this, like, Oliver Twist tale. Mm-hmm. And then one night, Salim is out and they're doing the auditions for these this song and a kid who sings it really beautifully finally and then as uh, Maman is happy with the performance his second in command chloroforms the child and I, my first thought was oh god are they going to castrate him mm-hmm. like to keep his voice there right but that doesn't make sense for begging necessarily these are still kids that are well away like you've got four years before this kid's voice is going to change and then it turns out that he blinds him with a scalding spoon so the idea is that they're mutilating the children so they're more pathetic yep for 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 money for begging purposes for begging purposes 
and which is why the new children are not allowed to speak right. to the other children that are there so as not to get a heads up. Hey, I didn't come in with mm-hmm. this fucked up leg or this blindness. Right. And this was done to me. And then Salim is told to go get Jamal and bring Jamal in. And Jamal is so excited. He's like, I'm gonna I'm gonna blow this audition out of the water and then it's gonna be easy street. And then uh Salim just has this look on his face like I don't know what I'm going to do, but this is not good. And he tries to sing, and he, he's a terrible singer, which is fine. It was no <laughs> less painful than watching the auditions for American Idol. Fair. <laughs> and they want Salim to chloroform his brother, right? which y'all went too fast. <laughs> so he gets the chloroform, and he splashes it in the face of the second, and then they run. And Jamal is first is like, what are you doing? This is our chance. And right. he's like, he's going to blind you with a spoon. Like, he's going to take your eyes out with a spoon. Um, and so they run, and they grab, and grab Latika, and they run. And, they're and they seem go. to start a small revolution, too, because other kids are getting up and running around and... Yeah, because I, I don't, don't think, think they're anybody, really aware of what's seen, going on, right? I don't think they've ever seen anybody fight back like that before. Yeah. And they and they run to try and hop on a train, mm-hmm. and the boys get on the train, and Latika lets go. She says, "Jamal, is it Jamal or Salim that grabs her hand?" I think it's Salim that grabs her Salim's hand. Salim's that grabs her hand. Because Jamal gets really upset that Salim lets go. And yeah, she says he Salim says she let go. We don't know who let right. go. I, I don't think, think so, Selena. So let go, yeah. And then, but that's how he knows mm-hmm. that uh, the answer to this poem, because the song that they he wants them to sing is this Darshan Droganchayam, uh, which uh, he says was written by Sardas. Now, it turns out Sardas is a famous blind Indian oh, poet. that's interesting. Who did not write this Thing. This thing was written for a movie in 1957, yeah. and the poet Sardas has been, the family has been trying to get them to take their name, like right. take the name out of this. But it was used, of course, for the metaphorical purposes. But Sardas was supposed to be, a, or was a blind poet in India who did not write this <laughs> this poem. So. Then our next question is for one million rupees. One million. And the question is, on an American $100 bill, there is a portrait of which American statesman? George Washington, Franklin Roosevelt, Benjamin Franklin, and Abraham Lincoln. Now, I was like, that's an easy question for a million rupees. And then I was like, oh, wait. This is in India. They don't necessarily have a bunch of American money running around, although certain parts of them do, which yeah. is why we know. So we see the boys sort of on a, in a montage. It's, it's a very interesting They're montage. They're just riding the rails, stealing shit and right. hustling, selling little trinkets to people on trains, stealing from them more pricey uh, dining cars. And it's this montage of them just like trying to survive between the ages of seven and 12. And in a very interesting transition, Mm -hmm. they tumble off a train. This guy, they're trying to steal what looks like some naan or something from a a food car. 
And the people, it's Jamal is being dangled down, mm. being held on by uh, Salim, who's on the roof of the train. This is a train going at least 30 miles right. an hour. I mean, it is going through the countryside. And these people in this train car are like, give me that nod and let me f- physically throw you from the train. The I'm like, that you get children. in this film is that life is really, really cheap. Yeah, that's true. And it's a pity because, you know, I don't think the family ever would think twice that somebody got killed or somebody... Nope, that was my nod. It seems like affect me. I had a grandfather, apparently, that I never got to meet who tried jumping a train in the middle of the night drunk and his leg went under the wheel and he wound up with a very clean amputation lying out in a field in the middle of the night when somebody found him and he was almost dead from shock. So things around trains kind of creep me out sometimes. Yeah. And so watching this scene going, these kids could have just been drawn under the wheels and killed. Oh, yeah, for sure. Or just landed bad because Jamal was hanging head first from the top of the train. Yeah, if he just landed on his head, that's the end. But yeah, and then there's this very interesting temporal editing. Yeah, so they they fall and uh, tumble, and when they get up again, it's five years later or whatever. (laughs) We've got mid-aged Salim and Jamal. And at this point, they uh, wind up uh, becoming tourist guides at the Taj Mahal. At the Taj Mahal, because that's where they were dislodged from the train. They're like, what's that? I don't know, like some fancy hotel. Really big fancy hotel. And I love the, um, the absolute nonsense that Jamal, who becomes an yes. unofficial tourist guy, just starts spouting random things yes. that so make they, no sense at all. They go the to Taj the, the um, Taj Mahal, and one of the things at the Taj Mahal is you take your shoes off. So their first thing is to take some shoes. Right, exactly. They just and see I'm a pile like, of shoes ready for taking. Yeah, that seems like a thing that would happen every day there. And then they end up, then there's he's standing in a vestibule and two tourists from an unnamed European country, uh, Austria maybe, come in and are like, when's the next tour? Because he's standing sort of near a sign for tours. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we're in a real hurry. Could you do it now? I know it would be more more expensive for just the two of us. And he's like, yo, let's do this. And so he talks about how, yeah, the king was going to build this beautiful hotel for the memory of his wife, but he died before any of the rooms could get made, but the pool was finished. (laughs) Um, Yeah. And then they are sort of, they take shoes from there and sell them back in the city, like American-style shoes. Which there's an awful lot of cowboy boots. There's there's a very cute uh, montage also of them wearing cowboy boots and wearing Mm. different kinds of shoes that they've taken. And the whole time... He's still looking for Latika. Right. And and it's reasonable. Uh, well, there's so many people in India. But there's so many people passing through Taj Mahal. He seems to think that Semahal will find her. And right. Well, but they're also going back to the city regularly. Right. They're going back to Mumbai. And I guess they're working now, right? Well, they're no. They're they're doing this. I oh, thought, yeah, yeah. They work at a, at a restaurant. Well, he's working. He, no, I think they, they both are. They're both, mm-hmm. I think, working at, the rest, at a restaurant. Maybe delivery people, mm-hmm. delivery kids or whatever. But he's constantly going out and asking. And Salim is like, there are three million people in this city. Right. Or three... Three million? Million seems too high. No. 300 million? There's a lot of people in Mumbai, y'all. Like a lot of people. And so... But Jamal's not giving up. And then he hears a beautiful voice singing that song. 
and he goes and gives a hundred dollars. Which is why he knows who the hundred dollar bill. Well, we haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> he gives a hundred dollars to this boy, to this boy, and the boy recognizes his his voice, and he says, "Jamal, right. they're still looking for you. Like Maman is still looking for you. You can't, you know, be around." Um, and she, he says, um, "You know, did Latika survive?" And she, he's told she did more than survive. She's down on Pila Street, and they call her Cherry. And I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> Apparently, which means the same everywhere in the yeah. world. And he says, what did you give me? Oh, oh, he smells the bill that he was given. And he says, oh, it's mm-hmm. American money. How much? Because he's right. blind. <laughs> um, and Jamal says, it's $100. And he says, who's on it? He's like, you take me for a fool. Right. Who's on it? And he says, you know, some, like an old man with little round glasses and long hair like a lady but bald on top. Right. And the kid goes, oh, it's Benjamin Franklin. That's like a legit right. $100 bill. And that's how he knows. It's it's Benjamin Franklin on the $100 bill. And now we go to the next question. Who invented the revolver? Samuel Colt, Bruce Browning, Dan Wesson, or James Revolver? Which is my favorite response. James yes, Revolver. It was James Revolver. That's who it was. <laughs> um... um. So this comes to the flashback, which is leads to a lot of unfortunate flashbacks. It doesn't get any better for these, especially for Jamal. He discovers that Latika is... She's being groomed. Groomed to be a... Well, for a very high price because she is a virgin. She is still a virgin, so huzzah. So what happens is that he and his brother break into the dance hall where she's being trained. and With um, a gun. With a gun. Now, I didn't know about the gun until this point in the film. Salim had gotten it at some point. Right. We don't see when. Right. Because we're following Jamal, and Salim's doing all kinds of shit. Salim just, you know, drops him to do nasty, horrible things. And he knows that Maman's out to get them, mm-hmm. so that they need to be careful and right. have protection, because this man will kill them. No question. Right. He has no qualms about it. So what happens is that uh, there's a... Uh, well, Maman shows up. They attempt to get Latika back. It winds up going sideways, and Salim shoots Maman in the head. Yes. Is that right now? Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Because it happens. He only comes back for the one scene, I think. Um, what happens after that, though? Uh, and then they go to a hotel. Mm-hmm. And... Jamal is very sweet and like averts his eyes while she's showering and he she's like kind of amazed by that and she calls him and she says he's very sweet and then Salim comes back drunk it appears uh, it's hard to tell when a 12 year old is drunk and when they're just being a fucking asshole 12 year old right. like it's you know but he's there's something not right with him at the time and he basically tells Jamal to get out and uh, demands that Latika sleep with him because she say he saved her life. Right. The, the, he's a, uh, she's obligated to yeah. sleep with him. And when Jamal uh, reacts badly to this, he literally holds, holds a holds gun, a to, gun his face, to his face. And to the says, point where I will kill you. You Latika, in out. an effort to save Jamal, who's not going to back down, no. asks him to leave. Yes, yeah, says go. It's fine. Well, no, it's fine. She's just sort of, you know... No, she literally says it's fine. Well, I mean, 
It's not what she means by no, it. No, it's not what she means, but she's trying to defuse the situation. She right. doesn't want to see him hurt. Um, and so he is locked out of the room. He tries to get back in and can't, and then leaves the hotel. And when he goes back, they're gone. And he doesn't see them again for years. Right. So this is when he starts his ambitious career as a chihuahua. Well, okay. So that, yes. So then that's how he knows. Because I think his brother says something like, the man holding the colt makes the decisions or something like that. And so he knows that the answer to who invented the revolver is Samuel Colt. And then we have the next question. Cambridge Circus is in which UK city? Oxford, Cambridge, Leeds, or London? And he does a weird logic thing on this one. He doesn't know the answer, but he does know the answer. So he's like, oh, there's an Oxford Circus. In London. Right. And there's a race, like a rowing race, between Oxford and Cambridge. So I bet that there is an Oxford circus in London, too. Right. Which is a weird leap of logic. Like, it doesn't make sense. But his answer is London, and he is correct. Right. Or he says there's, yeah, Oxford circus, so there must be a Cambridge circus. Yeah. So it's a it's a weird circuitous thing that doesn't really make sense, but he's like, well, if there's an Oxford Circus in London, in other words, it's one of the other instances where he gets lucky. Yeah, yeah. And then we have a break in the show filming, mm-hmm. and they go to the bathroom, and the announcer, you know, the host, is like, he's a real charming guy, because he is like talking under his breath to him, being like, you know, what are you doing? You should take this money and walk away. You're not going to get the next answer. Right. And by now, we're up to the $10 million or 10 million rupee question. It's the second to last question in the game. And he's like, this would make a hell of a story. This is the kind of story that I had. The last, you know, slum mm-hmm. dog to come out and make millions was me. And, you know... And all this, well, he's at the sink, and I believe Jamal is, like, in a stall. In a stall, probably sick to his stomach. Sick to his <laughs> right. stomach, because he is still, like, super nervous and cannot believe that right. he has gotten as far as he's, he's gotten. He's gotten much farther than anybody expected him to. When he comes out of the stall, the, the host has left, and when he turns on the hot water, he sees that the letter B has been written on the mirror. In the steam. In the steam, mm-hmm. yeah. So then we go back out. Um, to the game, and he is asked, which cricketer has scored the most first-class centuries in history? Uh, Sachin Tendulkar. You're so brave. I'm doing it. Ricky Ponting, Michael Slater, Jack Hobbs. So they were all easy except that first one. (laughs) For me, I should say. And he looks at him and he's like, well, I know it's not A. And the guy's like, so it could be B. It's like, or it could be C or D. And he chooses a 50-50 option, which removes his two wrong answers from the board. And he's left with B, Ricky Ponting, and D, Jack Hobbs. And this host is pushing so hard for him to choose right. B. And he's like, or it could be Jack Hobbs. It could really be Jack Hobbs. Right. It could totally be Jack Hobbs. 
I'm going to say D, Jack Hobbs, my final answer. And this guy is like, do you mean B? Did I hear B? I'm sorry, was that B that you said? B is a boy. He, no, D is a dog, motherfucker. He does not come across as remotely sympathetic, oh. and his motivation is so petty. It's really... You know, he has to be the one person who is a local hero who made good. Yeah. Well, that's one of the reasons. I think mm. another reason is they pay him very well so that they don't have to pay anybody right. else anything ever. And then the answer comes up, and it is B, Jack Hobbs. And that's when the the episode ends. Like, they're out of time for the episode, which apparently they air live. So, Jamal, what I like about him is that it could very easily be boring to have a virtuous character do virtuous things and refusing to cheat. What I like about him, and particularly in, particularly in this scene, is that he's also very aggressively doing the right yeah, thing. Yeah, he sticks that jaw out. Like, right. he's really, like... This is it's com- that same right. little kid who's like, that was my autograph. Right. Like, what and he doesn't know for sure mm-hmm. that this dude is feeding him a thing, but also, he hasn't cheated this entire time. He's answered all of these questions, honestly, however that, that comes. So he won't take an easy answer. And furthermore, he's not going to cheat for it either. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So really, what this dude should have done was give him the right answer, because he would have picked the other one. I think whatever he was going to do, he would have picked the other one. I think that that's absolutely right, but I think part of what it was is that Which he, the guy couldn't bring himself to do. He read sure. the intention. Yeah. Um, yeah, because the dude is not subtle in right. his... Uh, disdain for this person and then we break and that is when he gets snatched by the police because he's re- turned him in the host has turned him the in the host has turned him in well um, the host or the producers or no. the producers seem to on the other hand sort of be more on the kid's side though yeah. when you see them from the producer's booth they're really yeah, curious about how far this is going to go you don't see the person who's paying the actual money yeah. because nobody's ever won the, the whole thing yeah. at this point and so then we catch up, and, and uh, Jamal has told his whole story, and this is how I knew all of the answers. And the police co- is con- constantly like, you know, how can you not know what's on the Indian seal but know who's on a $100 bill? Well, that's the life that I've led. That, that's, right. I don't know why. I, that's just what I know. I don't know why they didn't ask me. If, because they ask him who's on the, like, the five ru- or 500 rupee or 5,000 rupees. <sighs> note and he doesn't know it and they're like well how could you answer this other question he's like well if they'd asked me this question right. i wouldn't know the answer which again plays into question. the whole theme of fate exactly um he's fated to win this game right um but there are things that are happening in his life too because he's reuniting with his brother while he's working at yes. the call center so in the probably three four weeks maybe one week leading mm-hmm. up to this appearance he has Oh, yeah, because we see him at that the one day on the job in the call center, and he is he's covering for a call center person uh-huh. uh, as they are off trying to dial in to get on to the who wants right. to be a millionaire thing, and he decides to type in Lapika's name, and of course, I don't think he has a last name for her or what she would be going by, and there are like. 236,000 Latikas right. in the phone many. thing um, because he works for a 
like a wireless company. They will call friends and, and, and offer friends and family discounts to train change or whatever. So he's got this. And so then he's like, well, okay, I will type in my brother's name. And there are fewer of them. And he calls one and he gets an answering machine and he knows that's not the right voice. He calls another one and it's not the right voice. He calls the third one and it's him. Mm-hmm. And the, the Anselib recognizes his voice and says, you have to come meet me. And he does. He meets him in a building that's being... At this point, as you, you mentioned, Salim is played by Bruno Mars. Yeah, he looks like Bruno Mars, like an Indian Bruno Mars, but really just like Bruno Mars. <laughs> and he's he reveals that he's working for the gangster that basically ruled their slums mm-hmm. when they were a kid. Uh, now those slums have all been torn down and they're all business parks, right. uh, business high-rises. Uh, and he's making money off of these high-rises. He has a nice apartment, so he says, you're going to come live with me right. in my apartment. Oh, no, you forgot to mention how Jamal greets him after all this time. Oh, he punches him in the face. Right. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. Yes. Which is really satisfying on it some It really level. is. And he, Anseline does not punch him back. Mm-hmm. He says... Maman's men came for us, and we had to run away from the hotel. I left you a message at the restaurant. And Jamal's like, there was no fucking, there was no message. Because when Jamal went back to the hotel the next morning, they were gone. Uh, And he had not seen them in, uh, what, we'd say five years? Yeah. Uh, So he was just hustling on his own, which he has the ability to do. Hustling on his own and getting real Mm -hmm. jobs. So he was working at the restaurant. He worked... You know, he's working as a chihuahua as an assistant at this telephone company. He's getting legitimate work now. He ends up going and staying with Salim and finding out that Latika lives with the gangster that Salim works for. As ostensibly like his significant other. Right. Like... But she's clearly a slave. Yeah, this is uh, she's there against her will. Yeah. Maybe is the best way to put it. But she's living freely in the house. She's like the woman of the house, quote unquote. She's a gangster's mole, is what she is. Yeah, there you go. Um, but through no desire of her own. Right. It's unclear whether Salim bartered her for his position. Or whether I think it's more they likely were a package deal. More likely than not, what took place seems like um, is that uh, that she played a part. Of, she was a commodity, right? Which makes the whole thing even more horrible, right? Because Salim is just exploiting whatever he can mm-hmm. to get ahead. Yep. As a matter of fact, the the murder of Maman was not so much a um, a rescue the way that Jamal saw it, but it was an attempt to uh, ingratiate himself into this criminal society yeah. because he goes and boasts about it and wants to take his place. So yeah. it's like he, he has no notion of getting ahead. He only has a notion of actually becoming one of the people who's in control of all this chaos. Well, that's getting ahead. It's just a different kind of getting ahead. Well, but yeah, he's not seeking justice for the children who were blinded. Right. He is seeking a way to make money. He's looking looking for his power. piece of the pie, so yeah. to speak. To use an old expression that us yes. old people use. <laughs> and Jamal sort of, this is really, I don't know how the security guard lets him in, but 
ostensibly he gets let in as a cook, dishwasher. I am the dishwasher. Dishwasher is supposed to be installed. Do you know anything about that? I am the dishwasher. Okay, well, that's not what I said, but oh, please come on in. Like, it was very weird. Um, and Latika sees him and is like, you cannot be here. They kind of cover. He sees how badly she's been treated. She's got a scar on her face. Mm-hmm. I thought the scar came later. Mm-mm. Okay. She has no. bruises. The scar is when she gets cut she, in the car. Though. Oh, really? Because yeah. that scar looked healed at the end. So I assumed that that scar was there when he saw her the first time. Okay, maybe I'm I must. I I could be wrong too. Anyway, she's clearly not being treated well. Right. He clearly doesn't want to be there. Clearly has no way to get out. And he's like, "Meet me at the train station at three o'clock. I'm going to be there every day until you show up too." And then he's there, and he's waiting for her every day. And then one day she shows up. But then right behind her, fucking Celine and some brutes running after her. Fucking dick. And <laughs> she gets pulled back. And I think that might be... And she's cut in the face there, certainly. Is that where it was? Right. Okay. I'm, I missed that part, so I apologize for that. So then everyone is watching Jamal on the television like it it bleeds into all of like the entire city is watching really the entire country is watching and including inside the house of this gangster so Salim sees what's going on and is like "Um, now is your chance to go and gives her his phone and is like I will take care of this you go Right. Um, and she takes his truck and drives out and drives away while he's on the phone, like the gangster is on the phone. And there are like nine girls or something, and they're all, you know, paid to be like, yay, <laughs> party, right. da, 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 even though no. everyone is dying. And then she is driving towards the studio to get to him. But traffic is terrible because it's Mumbai. So traffic is terrible. And she gets out to watch him answer the last question. Right, because there's a bank of television sets. Yeah. Meanwhile, Salim is filling a bathtub with money. Uh, he Does he shoot the big dad? Um, and then waits for his... Yeah, I believe he does. Yeah. So he shoots the, the the gangster when he tries to go after Latika and then goes, like, locks himself in a bathroom, fills the bathtub with money, gets in it, and then as the door is being broken down by all of the, like, other henchmen, he yells, God is great, and then, and then is shot and killed. So Salim dies in a hail of... It was very, I was like, is this what happens in Scarface? Like, well, what's going there's on? There's a hill of bullets, but <laughs> he chose a much more devout way to go out. Yeah. Um, and then, so Latika is watching, and the final question is asked. And the final question is, for 20 million rupees, in Alexander Dumas' book, The Three Musketeers, two of the musketeers are Athos and Porthos. What was the name of the third musketeer? <laughs> and it's A. Aramis. B, Cardinal, Cardinal Wish, is it Richelieu? Richelieu. Richelieu. C, D'Artagnan, or D, Planchet? 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 No. <laughs> it looks like Planchet. That's how I pronounce like it a as a kid. Um, 
and he laughs, right? Because mm-hmm. he's like, I don't know this. I've never known this. I know the two that you just said. Right. I don't know the third one. I'm going to call a friend. Phone a friend. And he calls the only number he knows, which is his brother's phone. Mm-hmm. And it starts ringing. And you see on the television, it's ringing. And it's ringing. And it's not picking up. And then it dawns on Latika, oh shit, <laughs> that's, that's the, the phone. phone. Right. So she runs back through the streets to where she just left the Range Rover. Hey, this is why traffic is so bad. Because people just <laughs> abandon their cars. Abandon their cars. Um, and she answers. And she says she's safe. Yeah, so she's safe. She says she's safe. And he reads the question and she laughs and she's like, I don't know. I've also never known. And then as they are disconnecting, she says, God is with you. In Hindi, that's un, um, is it untranslated. Um, what? It's in Hindi? He says mm-hmm. okay. yeah, yeah. That's what they speak. So, And yeah, no, she doesn't say it. And yeah. So we, then he's just left and he's just like, hey, well, they say, oh, then are you going to take the money? Because you can walk, apparently, at any time. Right. Once you've heard the question, even. And um, he's like, no, I'm going to answer it. They're like, well, if you answer it wrong, you're going to get nothing. And he's like, I had nothing when right, I walked exactly. in here. Like, it's going to be an all or nothing situation here. And he answers A, and they say, why? And he says, just because. <laughs> just because. And, of course, that's the right answer. And then he finds, I think he goes to the train station, is it the, maybe the next day? Right. And um, meets up with Latika. And they hug. And then she's, he's being very respectful of her. And then she says, kiss me. And then he does. <laughs> so good this on the consent This is the romantic front. end that you were waiting for. Yes. One kiss between them mm-hmm. and it's at the very end and then we we get the original question come up and then he says because uh, b it is written that's how he won everything and then credits and a bollywood dance scene and it's so good <laughs> and that's why i forgot that this movie is 90 percent bummer because yeah. the end is so like they're gonna make it <laughs> Which I think the <laughs> the audience really deserves it after all this. It's a lot. It, there's a whole lot going on. So what did you think? It was uh, Dickensian, I think, mm-hmm. and a lot Not of it. Dumasian. No, no. I mean, it wasn't that. It was the adventure of these these sort of um, people who made their living by being slightly amoral. I think that the uh, it was Dickensian, and that you're sort of watching children suffer all the time, mm. which is a theme in Charles Dickens. Yeah, uh, and children die, and children getting mutilated, and, and children being otherwise abused, and that. Um, but it's also it was sort of there were doses of magic realism to it. There, I remember, I didn't have much experience with this film except I think around the time that it was released, or just after I was taking some film courses, and I had a teacher, a screenwriting teacher, who really disliked this movie. And really? her notion was, she kept saying over and over again, and she would say this sometimes, it would drive me crazy. I didn't buy it. You're in a movie. Right. Movies are for the suspension of disbelief. No. Right. 
And I've had the experience. And this feels very much not like a fable, right? But kind of like a parable, maybe. Yes, a parable. And I've had the experience of having people who have a different worldview just not able to accept something like this. I mean, it's not for them. But she genuinely, that's all she could say about the film. And she was arguing with her students who said they loved this movie. Oh, I didn't buy it. I didn't buy it. I didn't buy the whole thing. It's like there's a, a child who sees Rama. I don't think you're supposed to take this literally. You know, right. this is his interpretation of what he saw or, you know, the the, the yeah, gist of the film. How do we know what we know, right. really? I mean, I, I know all kinds of random things. Who knows why? Right. And things that no, somebody who drew, grew up in a trailer park maybe shouldn't know, but I do. Oh, I, I'm I'm certain of that. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so I, I I always felt at odds with her dismissal of the movie that she just couldn't buy it. No, it's too fantastic for her. But that's the point oh, of the she film. She must have hated Shape of Water. Oh, I'm curious about her opinion on that. I mean, she's still connected to me, that teacher on Facebook. You so. could ask, because I wonder if she just doesn't like a magical realism thing. Right. Because that's not even what this is, but it's it has elements of, of it. that. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, and, and again, it's you have a narrator who's under duress and talking about how they... So I don't know if she has an alternate reading where he's actually cheating the whole time. I don't know what her mind was about it. But I found it very interesting that she would argue with her students over this film. Yeah, it was one of those cases. It's sort of like the, the teacher I had who kept trying to get me to read Raymond Carver. This was a teacher who just had issues with this kind of film or this kind of storytelling and didn't care for it and was sort of upset that it was getting so much, uh, so many accolades. Yeah, so I guess the children, some children, uh -huh. they were all, ended, the, the production ended up moving them, them and their families to better uh -huh. places. But also, uh, the director placed the money to be paid to the three lead child actors in a trust to be released to them on the completion of grade school at 16 years of age. And also, the production company set up for an auto rickshaw driver to take their kids to school every day until they were 16. Wow. To get them that education that right. they had to fight so hard for mm -hmm. in the movie, they were able to, to do better than that. I'm glad for that. Yeah. Uh, it reminds me of this, the lengths they went through to get actual Aboriginal children working in rabbit-proof fence. Oh, yeah. And there was so many cultural issues to be dealt with, including at one time the kids having a complete meltdown because this was not the way that they lived, you know. Yeah. Um, but I'm glad for that. I'm glad that it meant something, that they were able to... Yeah. So I guess it. also the, uh, the actor, mm -hmm. Amitabh Bachchan, is a very real and very famous Indian actor and the original host of the Indian version of Who oh, Wants really? to Be a Millionaire and the father-in-law to another famous uh, Indian uh, actress whose name is beyond your powers. I'm not going to butcher because she doesn't deserve that. Um, and I guess throughout the film, in scenes where Jamal lives as a child in the slums, you can see the word chaiwala uh -huh. in various places. And Latika is almost always wearing yellow. Really? That's interesting. Which well, I don't know what that is. It's a has detail that I might have missed just being Well, me. you can see yellow. I can see yellow, but sometimes but it's But it's not going to be the point that you're <laughs> right. looking for. Yeah. So those are my trivia things. So that was a... Yeah, I wanted you to see it because it's the best picture winner that you hadn't seen. Right. 
And I actually like the film. It is, it is at times very hard going. It yeah. reminded me of, um, it's the film about the Brazilian slums, City of God. I've never seen it. Which is yeah. like this movie without a happy ending, actually. Oh, no. It's just sort okay. of unrelenting. Well, warning for when I do end up right. seeing it. It's an odd film because it, it's almost as if the only thing that's slightly uncomfortable is that she's almost a reward for his good behavior. In a way, Latika. Yeah, kind of. But also, he's kind of a reward. Like, he's for her a suffering? good dude. Right. Like, she deserves a good dude. Yeah. And she clearly does care about him. Yeah, they have this Like, sort of, I don't feel uh, like, well, you have to like him because he's nice. Well, the, the whole film ties together and all the threads lead back to a, a central themes. Like, the fact that he's so devoted to her that he gets into brawls, including with the police officer who is torturing him. The fact that he's willing to just sort of, you know, fight the policeman who's been torturing him all this time because he insults her. The idea that the first place they stop off that really recalls her to him is when they get dropped off by the train at the Taj Mahal. Yeah. Which is the, uh, the I don't know exactly the, what you call it. The monument to love. The monument to love and... and Lost love. Devotion. Yeah. So, yeah, I liked how everything in the film sort of rolls back to this sort of center. Yeah. And yeah, I just thought it was very good. Yeah, it's a very good film. Also, another rare um, Best Picture uh, nominee that didn't get a single acting nod to any right. of them. Which is kind of problematic, I think. It is and it isn't. Like, when the main character, it's like Moonlight. Uh-huh. The, there are three people playing the main character. Right. So it is difficult to give... One of those performers. One of those performers... A, a nod because you're automatically saying you did better at this one portrayal that mm. the three of you did simultaneously even though that may not be the case because of what was written for each one I mean obviously an 18 year old and a 12 year old and a 7 year old are going to have vastly different right. experiences coming to it like yeah so I'm I'm wondering if that's I'm hoping that's why I'm hoping that's why too I believe was nominated. Was he nominated for Lion? He's actually gone on to have a really good career, at least so far. I keep forgetting. I really think he's like super watchable. Like I Mm -hmm. have really liked him in all of the things that I've seen him in. Um, So this, I think, was the first thing that I saw him in. And then he was a main character in the newsroom, which is a show I very much like. Yes, I know. Aaron Sorkin has his. Yeah, he's a name. Is there an issue their own Sorkin now? Um, um, well, yeah, but people generally don't like his stuff a lot of times. And I'm like, oh, no, I want to watch some absolutely idealized version of the news or of the president. Or uh, Please, let See, me have that. This is part of an older tradition, though. I enjoy a good stage play. I enjoy the yeah. kind of things that go on with, with acting and dialogue and the newsroom had really good examples of uh, acting and, and with Alison Pill, actual physical comedy. She did. Yes. Yeah. No, I really, and, I, I liked and, the news. Yes, a lot. I did. I enjoyed it. I know that some people didn't. I don't know why those people are wrong. I think a lot of people were like, you're putting, basically you're saying Rachel Maddow is like a god. And I'm like, well, yeah, I kind of am. And I'm fine with that. Well, I think that <laughs> one of the complaints I kept hearing were people complaining that it wasn't, of the West Wing, 
And the West oh, Wing was... I never heard that. Yeah, that's, was, that's crazy. Okay. Something that I wasn't particularly interested in because I, I think this end of it interests me more, which is this really incredible, quotable opening scene to this TV show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that yeah. still is incredibly valid. So America's not the greatest country right. in the world. Yeah, um, and uh, and the development of the character after that, because he's not necessarily likable, he keeps sort of making mistakes on his way along. But and then you're also following the relationships of all these people around him, and the decisions that they make. And what I liked about that show is that everyone was aiming for a common good. Yeah. These, you know, there weren't. Yeah, and I will. I don't want like. I don't need the characters on my TV shows to be flawed necessarily. Uh, I'll watch idealized versions because I am watching television for an escape. So, yes, give me a liberal wet dream. Please, once a week, if I could have that, please. I don't see that that way that they're idealized because there are people like this who really, this is their religion, this is their cause, this is what they believe in. Yeah, but they so, probably don't all talk at that level. All of, no, and he gives people some terrible things to say and do, like porch. Yeah, no, I, I really, I love right. the newsroom. I'll watch the newsroom over and over again, and I love the West Wing. So the uh, another thing I've seen him in, maybe that's going to be my recommend. Actually, I'm uh-huh. going to slide into recommends. Is a movie called The Road Within, with Robert Sheehan and Zoe Kravitz. Um, and it's three people who break out of like a, it's like a, like a halfway house for people with various mental illnesses. Okay. So Zoe Kravitz plays a girl with anorexia, a woman with anorexia. Um, Robert Sheehan is, uh, has Tourette's and Dev plays a character with OCD. And they go on a road trip because they're mad. Like, they want to break out of the place right. where they are. And so they go on a road. He doesn't want to go. They want, The other two want to go, and they kind of kidnap him. <laughs> so uh, I, I enjoyed a little bit. Um, it, <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's the kind of movie that I like, but I can see that people might not enjoy it. But I like that I saw it on a streaming service, and I enjoyed it. Um, and then his latest thing, and he was nominated for a Best Supporting Actor in Lion, which is a movie I have not watched yet. So Yeah, I'm curious about that one. Uh, yeah, no, it seems like a movie that's going to super make me cry, so mm. I just have not been up for that yet. <laughs> um, so I will go ahead. I don't. I haven't really watched anything all the way through. That to is place the where difficulty with doing things this, this close together. Yeah, this close together. Is that so, I have not had a time to find a new recommendation since the last recommendation that yeah, we did. Yeah, so my recommendation is going to be two-part. One is going to be the movie uh, The Road Within, starring Dev Patel. And the other one is going to be, have we talked about, we haven't talked about The Terror yet because it's not over yet. No, no, we haven't talked about The So The Terror is a show on AMC. I think it's a thriller. That is what I will say. (laughs) There are some horror elements, i.e. blood, uh, in it. But it is about um, a doomed mission to sail through the Bering Strait. Yeah, that's what it's about in the 1800s. It doesn't go well. It's based on a true... I'm going to go ahead and put big quotes on here. Quote, unquote, true story. It is based on a true... Expedition. Expedition. Right. 
at the very least, considered that did not end well, and and then this is a f sort of fictionalization of what happened from the time that they lost that that we know what happened to them, right? To the two or three years later, four years later, and maybe? I have to say congratulations to the writers and the producers for taking a story about a failed historical expedition where no one knows what happened. Yeah, and. Making it a compelling story. It's super compelling. And the people in it are super And it's good. horrifying. And, it, and yes. it's, it's and, horrifying. And, and don't watch it if you're cold. You're right. going to need a blanket. That It is, it like, it looks freezing. Well, it there's a... so, so cold. Part of the horror for me is not that they're involved with um, what apparently is the supernatural. Yes, there may be a supernatural thing. Being. Or a polar bear. Or a supernatural polar bear. I say the Wendigo. That's always my go-to. But there was a scene, for instance, uh, the last episode we saw opened with a person having their toe amputated because it was frostbitten. Yep, snipped right off. And then a description nary some fanfare. of what happens when people's teeth freeze. Oh, they explode in their head. And it's just, it makes you what? wonder why the hell anybody exploded anything ever. You know, yeah. I don't understand why they... So, right. pretty so. quickly in the setup of the show, like in the first episode, mm -hmm. they get frozen into the ice. Right, and then it is two years later. Right, it's the that it, that ice has not uh, thawed enough for them to get out. It's really about the hubris of the individuals who are trying to make their name in exploration, which when it was still a thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a, one of the, the the sad parts about watching this now is how the lack of ambition with people nowadays. You know, we don't go exploring anymore. We don't. Well, we've been many places. Yeah, but you see, you went to the moon once, you know, how many years ago, and you've never tried that. There's no... Uh, well, so, now we're going to be on Mars in a week, so, you know, so, our president has big plans. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, there's that element to it, and it's part of that last great push towards exploration. But you wonder why anybody did it at all, because the, the cost was the so glory. high. The glory! Yeah, but the glory was not equal to what you were risking. And that's kind of what the supernatural element of the film was about. Something is trying very hard to stop them and is succeeding. Yes. Because it's well, ruthless. Even outside of that, the ice is doing a pretty good job. Right. Um, and it's, it's part of a, the tradition in if you read that kind of literature from back in the day that you got from Roger Kipling and H.G. Wells, people go places, or, or Algernon Blackwood. Yeah. People go places they're not supposed to go and you wind up paying for it because there are, you know, there are some places where all the, it's not worth the glory, the sacrifice that you're making and What's stopping you is nature itself. So it even harkens back in some ways to Moby Dick. Oh, apparently these are all on Amazon, so we could watch all of them. Um, so we're watching it on AMC. Um, it's only aired through episode number six. It's also available, apparently, on Amazon. They released the first two, then three more, then all the rest of them for to, to make ten. Right. And it's called the Terror because that's actually the name of one of the ships. Right. It's the HMS Erebus and the HMS Terror, which <laughs> I, that, I don't know the thought process. Right. I I assume that they're actually named after somebody. It could be. But I knew a doctor butcher maybe, once. Right. Maybe rethink that. Doctor Slaughter. There was a Doctor Slaughter. Oh, I went to school with. I went to elementary school with someone named Byron Slaughter. I had a giant crush on him. 
That's what I remember. Because he wrote his schoolwork with a quill pen and he had nope. a little mustache and curls. It might have been ginger. That's about the Oh, God. Well, there you have. go. That takes it all away, doesn't it? All right. So, <laughs> so do you have a recommendation? Unfortunately, gonna... I have not had time to actually... You, you know, like the terror, though, so... I do enjoy the terror very much. I am looking forward to the things that you're looking forward to. I have only seen the first episode of Westworld. Yes, I'm looking forward episode. to the beginning of The Handmaid's Tale. That's today. I am looking forward to The Infinity Wars. Um, That's next week. With yeah, your birthday. So my recommendation would be my novelette if I ever finish it. Oh, okay. Right now, it's 10,000 oh. words um, with little crabbed handwriting in the margins, you know. So that's where I'm at. Um, okay. Well, that's going to do it, I think. So next week, or for next week, we're going to be watching Deliverance. Do, 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 Join do, do, us, do, do, won't do, do, do. you? Yes, it will be such a lovely time. Actually, it won't. But I'm the, nervous about the advantage it. of Deliverance over Slumdog is A, no one jumps in a pile of shit, and okay. B... Um, All rape happens to adults. Uh, well, okay, C... <laughs> Um, the, uh, we're not laughing at rape. Right, we're not laughing Sorry, at rape. It's not. just, it's, yeah, make that perfectly clear. No, no, no way, shape, or form. It's just, again, it's been a very intense set of movies we've been watching. Yeah, what are we doing? But, at <laughs> the very least, the cinematography is beautiful because you are looking at these gorgeous lakes, and I mean, excuse me, not lakes, rivers. Oh, yeah. That run through the deep Out south. the nature, yeah. So you're seeing some beautiful photography. Um... And you get to see Burt Reynolds back when he was... Burt, you know, there's some movie stars you see... He's always been Burt Reynolds. He used to be Burt Reynolds. What I mean by that is that there's some movie stars, and you've gotten this, I think, from The Godfather. When you watch... Where did, where did Al Pacino and James Conn... Where did these guys build a reputation? Right, oh, understood. here it is. Yeah. So this is where Burt Reynolds got the Burt Reynolds reputation. Is this where John Voight solidified a John Voight reputation? Right. Pretty much, I think. Does he wear shorts? I think he might. This is a riverboat. Trip. Oh, uh, that's true. They so, probably all wear seventy shorts. Uh, Going to be a lot of man shorts. leg in this movie. Man Are you leg ready? and chest hair and lots of yeah. Woo! Virility. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Lots Too much. of virility. Gets him in trouble. Turns out. See, if you don't want to be taken advantage of, then you cover up. <laughs> I guess oh, it goes both ways. It's about time. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm nervous about it. Okay, so that is going to do it for this week. Uh, you can find us on the social medias. So we are on Twitter at LatecomersPod. We are at Gmail, LatecomersPod at gmail.com. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook page. Take your pick. Pictures of dinosaurs. Uh, you of should dinosaurs. subscribe to us if you, you like should. us. You so that you never miss any of this golden content. And you should you should like us. On Apple Podcasts or any other podcatcher or podcast getting a situation. Podcast net. That's a podcatcher. Ooh, like a like a like to catch butterflies? Yes. But podcast. Yes. Just floating through the air. Floating through the air. There's always a podcast floating through and the net air. And that was a long house, handle so and you catch it. Right. That seems fair. You put it under a glass case. <laughs> All right. So we will see you next week. Thank you so much for listening. And remember... Better late than never. On an American $100 bill, there is a corporate... A corporate... Corporate. Corporate. It's like a corporate. Yes, exactly. Well, it by land. No, I'm so scared.
They're very tall. They're bigger than you. Oh, yeah. I know it wants to be a porpoise next to life. <laughs>